0: For Meg Underwood, rapidly approaching the end of her twenty-fifth year, time was running out. If she didn't take herself a husband within the next five months, for in March of 1814 she would turn twenty-six, the bulk of her enormous fortune would go to a distant cousin whom she utterly loathed. That was the stipulation her father, the stubborn old Earl of Barringham, had added to his will when he'd begun to realise that his only child, with her proclivities to arrogance and independence, was rejecting out of hand every suitable match which was offered to her. And that, Meg declared angrily to her aunt, who sat watching her with amused eyes as the girl paced angrily about the drawing room of the fashionable townhouse they occupied in Dover Street, is how he arranged to exert his control over me, even from the grave. Margaret Underwood, be fair, the diminutive, grey-haired Isabel Underwood exclaimed. Her late husband's brother had been the most indulgent of fathers to Meg. How could the girl, wilful and headstrong though she sometimes was, speak so unkindly of the father she'd always adored? He only wanted to be sure you'd have babies and carry on the line. Babies? The line? Really, Aunt Belle, sometimes I wish I'd been born a housemaid or the daughter of a chimney sweep, so that I wouldn't have to concern myself with the line. Isabel Underwood snorted. What utter drivel. If you're going to speak nonsense, we shall get nowhere. "'Yes, of course you're right,' Meg sighed, dropping abruptly into a chair and propping her chin in her cupped hand. "'If I were the sort who'd be content to be poor, there'd be no problem. I would simply remain single and permit my cousin to have the estate.' "'If marriage is truly so repugnant to you, dearest,' Aunt Isabel suggested sympathetically, "'you may quite easily do just that. Let the estate go. We shan't be poor.' I have my jointure, modest though it is, and you'd have a sizable competence. Together we could contrive. We'd have to give up this house, of course, and move to a neighborhood a bit less in vogue. Stop! Next you'll tell me that I'd have to turn my gowns and mend the holes in my gloves. I'm much too spoiled, I'm afraid, to become accustomed to pretty economies. Besides, marriage is not repugnant to me. I fully intend to enter into wedlock one day. I simply want to do it in my own time. Isabel shook her head unconvinced. You've had a great deal of time already, Meg. Don't fool yourself. A woman of twenty-five, no matter how attractive, is already considered by the world to have passed her prime. Now it was Meg who snorted. I don't care what the world thinks. I've never yet lacked for suitors, have I? No, you haven't. For which you can thank your father's wealth quite as much as your own charms, which I don't deny are abundant. But as you grow older, my love, and certainly as soon as it becomes known that your fortune has passed to other hands, you'll find that the number of gentlemen who come knocking at your door will drastically diminish.